0: I named myself. And the reason I named myself is because there was nobody else taking it. It was ridiculous. Who's gonna step up to bat and be king of sales? I've named myself now more than a decade and no one has challenged me. Not all the gurus, not all the, I don't wanna name any names because I don't wanna give any accolades, but they know, they just know that when I engage an audience, I got them,
1: I own them. Welcome to the Market Call Show, where we discuss what's happening in the markets and the impact on your investments. Tune in every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: Welcome to the Market Call Show. This is Lewis Giannis. I am the founder of WealthNet Investments. Today, we have an interesting topic and I'm really excited about diving in, so let's get going. Jeffrey Gittimer, it's so great to have you on the Market Call Show. It's a pleasure. I stumbled on Jeffrey Gittimer reading one of his books and I was so enthralled with his ability to communicate. I had to learn more about him. And as I started diving into his work, I realized that he is an absolute wordsmith and compelling copy genius. And this is something that really spoke to me. So I actually joined and started doing some of his training. And the reason why I brought Jeffrey Gittimer on the market call is that many of my audience, Jeffrey, are successful executives, and people who are responsible for getting things done for companies, and they have to drive sales too. And a lot of the things that Jeffrey is a genius at can help these people, my audience, people that are my clients and people that listen to this podcast to have the right mindset. So I just thought I'd bring you on and help pass along some of the things that I've learned from you and learn a little bit more about you. One of the things that I was wondering about you, Jeffrey, because I've got to meet you, you've helped me write my book. How in the heck did you wind up in the space of sales in general? Like, what brought you
0: to that point? I think my family being in business, and I say that from a standpoint of entrepreneurs weren't a word yet. So, everyone who came to our home was a business person, they owned their own business, they were anywhere from doctors and lawyers to plumbers and window washers but they all were responsible for their own income. And I realized that if I was going to make it in the world, that I had to be responsible for mine, that I wasn't planning on taking a salary from somebody because it was never enough, that if I really wanted to earn at a greater rate, I would have to master selling. And I didn't realize that until the 70s. I'd already had a couple of businesses, and I had the gift of gab, But I didn't understand the science of selling, so I began to study. And when you combine study with cold calling in New York City, you either end up being stabbed or bribed, or you win. And I decided I was going to have fun at it and win. And I did. (laughs) Well, now you're known as the king of sales. Very successful author. If I can tell your audience, just to make sure we understand each other, I named myself. And the reason I named myself is because there was nobody else taking it. It was ridiculous. Who's going to step up to bat and be king of sales? I've named myself now more than a decade. and No one has challenged me. Not all the gurus, not all the, I don't want to name any names because I don't want to give any accolades, but they know, they just know that when I engage an audience, I
2: got them. I own them. It's also evident through your books. I mean, you wrote the Sales Bible, which has sold how many copies? A lot of copies. The Little yeah. Red Book of Selling, Little Green Book. By the way, out of all the, I've read like eight of your books. Out of all of them, the one that I really like is this one. The Little Green Book of Getting Your Way.
0: Yeah. It's about persuasion. It's about speaking. And it's about writing. And I wanted to write a positive book on persuasion because there's so much out there that's dark. You know how you can go down a deep rabbit hole of negative NLP and all the other crap that's involved in doing that. And I couldn't tolerate it. I'm a non-manipulative person, even though I'm from Philly and New York. I just have conversations with people and they like me enough to buy from me. They like me, they believe me, they have confidence in me and they trust me, then they buy, not before.
2: Yeah, I remember one time I asked you, what is the secret to a certain way of compelling somebody to like make friends? and all else being
0: equal. What is it that you say? All things being equal, people wanna do business with their friends. All things being not quite so equal, people still wanna do business with their friends. Yeah, absolutely. How did you get into this
2: creative realm that you're in? Because one of the things that really fascinates me is the ability to take an idea that's so simple, or actually not so simple, but turn it into something simple that people can understand in a creative way and then to communicate it in a way that people take action. I think that is really something that you really have mastered and also doing it in a funny way. Tell me how you think about that when you're thinking through that whole, ah,
0: he's holding up a I book. I on creativity. Books. I study Edward de Bono. I study Michael Mahalko, And I study things that are creatively written and marvel at them to a point where I understand them. And there are people that are using creative models, and those models have been formed by thinkers, people that wake up in the morning and that's all they do they think about how to make things more fun, more creative, whatever, look at any magician and look at their tricks. They're not tricks, they're sort of illusions, but they're stunning. Like how'd that guy think of that? How did he come up with that idea? where did that come from? So a section of my library is on creativity and the grandfather of creativity in this country who just passed on a few years ago, Edward De Bono, just understood the whole process and his books on how to think and how to create and lateral thinking. And actually, if you guys are taking notes, Serious Creativity is as good a book as you could read on creativity because it sort of combines all of De Bono's thought processes into something that you can absorb because you're a very highbrow writer, but something you can absorb and implement. That's the whole deal. But anything by Michael Mahalco, it's like your mom holding you in the palm of her hands and teaching your creativity. And it's about teaching you about your power of observation and why people don't use it with their heads in their stupid phone. I've got 15 year old twins, so I understand how that works. (laughs) So right now, if you're
2: not watching the video, Jeffrey is wearing a shirt that says capitalism, but it's a bright red shirt that says capitalism, but it's in the Coca-Cola genre or look. Right. And one of the things about capitalism, people, some people think it's a dirty word, right? Some of the younger people in particular think it's a dirty word. Tell me how you think about capitalism, because I have my own views, but I want to, this is really important because you can't have,
0: creativity is almost the foundation of capitalism, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, let's look at it from this perspective. The opposite of capitalism is socialism. And if you read anything by Ayn Rand, she's an objectivist, and what she is is Basically, objectivism is pragmatism, and she's trying to explain to you how you build things and how you earn things and where you go once you earn those things, and you're responsible to no one but yourself, and you're responsible for your own life and your own outcomes. So stop begging for freedom of money. You get it by hard work and and sweat and tears. And then Margaret Thatcher comes along and has the quote of all time against socialism by saying, eventually... To run out of other people's money. At that point, you understand that you're not given anything. You earn things. And when you start to earn things, you actually feel good about yourself. So I don't want to identify as a Democrat or a Republican. I want to identify as a capitalist. <laughs> I'm not going to be a libertarian. or I don't want that nomenclature to cloud the issue. The issue is go out and earn your own wealth. That's the issue. And if you can't do that, you got a real problem. You're going to be worrying about what's for free and vaccines are free. Well, actually, no. someone pays for them. Nothing's free. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Someone mm-hmm. toiled for the food and then someone else bought your meal for you. Just be aware. So the fact that you get something for nothing, in my opinion, is a danger because then you continue to expect it. Yeah. And then you're not providing value One of the big things you talk about providing value
2: that that is it so do you want to just be in this world to just exist so what does existing mean existing means you just kind of take up space like by definition so if you get beyond that and you're actually here doing something and creating value i think that's such a big part of what you are all about when i listen to a lot of the wisdom that's coming out of your courses. So a big part of your world is, it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, is is online learning, helping people. I mean, I remember when the pandemic quote unquote hit, one of the things that you did, and I know you hate the word flank, but I'm going to use the word flank. You had a speaking engagement that you were going to do. I was planning on going because I was going to speak at Vanguard in Charlotte. So I thought, I'm going to go see Jeffrey while I'm there. And then immediately when the pandemic hit, you completely shifted, and I mean quick, and it was a very successful thing. Can you tell us a
0: little bit about that and what was going through your mind when you did that? I realized that all salespeople would be panicked because their world changed. And some people call it pivot. They had to pivot. I don't like that word. I just call it shifting. You had to go from where you were to where you needed to be in order to feed your family. That's like first thing you have to, it's survival. So I decided that I would take, 10 or 15 minutes out of my life every morning and dedicated to salespeople around the world and say, Hey, I'm coming on at nine 59 in the morning. And if you like it, sign in. And if you don't, I totally understand. I'm not here for you. I'm actually here for me. And people started to come online from all over the world at 9:59. I'm now in my 700th, almost March the 16th will be two years. March the 16th. Remember when it was two weeks to flatten the curve, that's it's two years, and we're still not flat. And I'm having this three-day event in Charlotte this March, but I'm going to have another one at day 959. And that will be the celebration day of the whole process. And people are going to fly in from Hell's Half Acre, I promise you. It'll be from the four corners of the world. We'll fly in to just spend two days in Charlotte and play 959. It'll be
2: cool. What I liked about what you did is it took a lot of people that were having in this environment of uncertainty it gave them a level of certainty like they knew you were going to be on day in and day out correct and your message was going to be positive it was going to be something like control your own world you got all this stuff happening and then even today you've got the ukraine as we speak right the ukraine's the big issue in the, our environment if you will but your message was look take control over your world how are you thinking of that like What is your thought process with that? What would you tell people in terms of that who are feeling stressed? You know, a lot of people feeling stressed. What would you tell them about taking control of their own
0: world? If you can't affect it, ignore it. And that's not true 100% of the time because you want to see what's going on in the world occasionally. But okay, take 10 minutes and then take the other 23 hours and 50 minutes and deal with you. So you can look at the world and see what's going on in a very short space of time now, a couple of clicks tells you exactly what's going on stop commiserating with other losers that are talking about well you know if it wasn't for bad luck i wouldn't have any luck stay away from that person they're not helping you (laughs) and luckily we've sort of left the office so there's no more water fountain bullshit talk of oh my god the sky is falling if you think the sky is falling then go to the movie chicken little and check it out it actually has a good ending i only have a 12-year-old daughter who will be 13 in another two weeks, but we know exactly what we're going through. And I think that the challenge is you look at children and see what they do. They spend time in their own world. And as a result, they're not as affected by the bullshit that's going on outside of their world. They're involved with their friends and their social media and reading books and going to school and doing kid stuff. God bless them. I think we need to do that more often. And I, for one, I'm going to make certain that I spend more time with more kids because they have the yeah, right angle.
2: They do, they have, you can learn from your children every day. Okay. Yeah, just listening to people who are in the world of business, you know, there's a successful executive or somebody who's an entrepreneur. I, one of the things I've noticed is everybody is looking at, am I doing the best thing that I could possibly do, be doing in my world, right? And mm-hmm. you have this concept of the great resignation. I don't like that term, but people are rethinking about what they want to do and they're starting their own gig. And it seems to me like those, and we're seeing that with some of our clients. I have one client who's a CFO of an energy company decides, no, I'm just going to go and do my own like CFO work for other companies. But then they don't know, they don't know how to sell though, these people, and they need what you teach.
0: They absolutely need that. Lewis, let's just call it persuasion. They need to be better at convincing other people that their way might be a better way or a faster way, sometimes a more economical way. But I'm not always looking for that. I don't want to save money. I want to earn money. And I want to invest money. And I want to put my money to use. I'm not looking at saving 10 cents or 20 cents for this or even a dollar or even $100. I would rather buy the best. I would rather go to the best places. I would rather see the best things for myself. But there's another perspective of this, and that is that everyone is looking at the world through their own eyes. And you see things through your own lens, your family lens, your kids' lens, your spouse's lens, and that brings about opinion. And during this pandemic, or whatever you want to call it, more relationships have been broken because they're spending so much time with one another, they're finding out who the other person really is, what their beliefs are, how they march down the street. That's one element of it. But it has also strengthened the resolve of so many people now. There are millions of people who are leaning one way or the other. And that opinion grows more resolute every day. It's pretty interesting. And you look at things like the Ukraine or the truckers or the people that have joined one movement or another, it's strong. And social media has strengthened it because people are behind other programs, whether it's Parler or Telegram or any of the offshoot social medias besides Facebook and YouTube. People are on them. Then there's the controversy, well, they're banning certain views. Shit's going to happen in our world. My father, I think, probably gave me the best advice on the planet when he said, deal with it. Life is not fair. What's your next statement? It's not It's not fair. Wait, you don't understand. It's not fair. Wait, well, it's not fair. Now what? (laughs) Yeah, what
2: are you going to do about it, right? Where are you going to position yourself? So one of the the things that you say a lot is be in a position to win, which I've borrowed from you because I think it's probably one of the most powerful things that you say. What you're doing is you're taking control, right? You're saying, I'm going to position myself the best that I know how. I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm going to position myself to win. And other people are not perfect, Louis, but you and I, come on. (laughs) We got it together, (laughs) 100%. One of the things that I'm seeing is, and and we had this discussion before, is that there are people who are on both extremes right now because Mm -hmm. of the current environment. There's people who have made a tremendous amount of wealth and have come into money in this environment, and some people are really struggling to make. I want to talk about the people that are struggling right now. They are maybe just making ends meet, but they want to go to that next level. What is your best advice to that person right now from, let's say, either they're doing their own gig or they're a salesperson? What would you tell that person how they can, quick as possible, get to the next
0: level? Gain control of your time because you're spending time, not investing time. Spent time is you're watching a movie on Netflix or you're watching a ball game, you're looking at things to see if your old high school boyfriend or girlfriend got a little fat, and you're taking time away from your core issue of, I need to get better. You're taking away your study time. You're taking away your reading time. You're taking away your preparation time. You're taking away your thinking time. You're taking away your creative time. And when you take those things away, you falter. And when you falter, you can either resolve or you can whine. Winner, watcher, whiner. Those are the three kinds of people. And you have to resolve the fact that you're going to be a winner no matter if your ass falls off. And most people in today's world have so many distractions that it's easy to fall victim to, well, I need a drink. You don't need a drink. You need to read a book. Once you read that, you need to read another book. And you can't read when you're drunk. And it, so why would you bother sitting watching a movie and having a six-pack of beer? And I'm going to tell you why. Because your belief system in what you're doing is not strong enough to overcome that. So you need to change the way your sale is set. You need to change the career that you're in. You need to make some kind of movement forward. Even if you fail at it, at least you've moved. And at least you've given it a try. Some people live in the Marlon Brando world of on the waterfront. I could have been a contender. And if you could have been a contender, then go out and fucking fight. Otherwise, you're, you're going to sit there and, and be pissed off about the fact that the world is passing you by. And here's the best part. Right now, the world is just re-beginning. We're coming back from this time where we've been sort of holed up for a couple of years or held back from whatever it is. It's a new world. Go out and start something new and make it happen. Yeah, yeah. This is big, what you're talking about right now. Oh, yeah. It's chutzpah, to use our phrase, or to use a more generic phrase, it's balls. And if you don't have sales balls, you're never going to have real balls. You have to make the call. You have to confront the person. You have to ask for them. You have to, There's so many things you got to do that it just takes getting up in the morning and deciding this is what I'm going to do today. My advice to people is take the first hour of your day and make it yours. If you have a kid that gets up early, get up earlier. If you can't get up earlier, it's because you're drunk the night before. So wake up clear, read, write, prepare, think, create. You do those five things for 25 years, you're a winner. You have to be. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, yeah.
2: You have to be in a better spot than where you were today. I mean, if you do that, who knows how
0: far it could go, but you'll be meeting your potential. And that's the key. And along the way, make friends. When you text somebody at night, like Lewis and I do, at sometimes 11 o'clock at night, and you're sharing a guitar riff or a funny meme, you actually become closer. I have a guy that I'm going to be introducing you to who's down the same rabbit hole and very successful business guy who's created a video app for your phone where instead of sending an email, you can just click a quick video and send it. It'll change everything. I'm trying to get him to the three-day event here in Charlotte. If I can get him, you can look him up. The company is com. Okay. Check it out and register, and I'll get you whatever you need because the CEO is now a good friend of mine that's excellent you mentioned video a while back and i started using video and
2: i found it to be much more personal we did a, a video thing for reviews with clients we said I mean, we always have to do these annual reviews we want to do these annual reviews with clients so we sent out a video and said here's why you should do the annual view and here's what we're going to talk about with the review and then new people that have come in that we just had a new client invested 1.5 million dollars We sent the proposal with a video i just literally hit record And the next
0: day, the check was wired to the brokerage firm. Let me throw this at you. My car dealership here, I've been a customer of Hendrick Lexus in Charlotte for 23 years. Have only owned two cars. But I've recommended them to everybody and their dog because they're unbelievable. Well, I just took my car in, and my 13-year-old Lexus, by the way, has 60,000 miles. So I don't drive. If I could fly to the grocery store, I would. I only see you in that Tesla, so I didn't, I didn't know about the Lexus. Well, again, my, yeah, my wife is a Tesla. Okay, so Hendrick now, I took my car in for my 60,000 mile. They send me a video of what's wrong. Like, dude, way to go. Yeah. And so I, I called the guy back on the phone, and I said, how much of this is car bullshit, and how much of it do I really need? So he said, well, your brake pads are four millimeters. I'm like, well, "What, dude, what does that mean? I said, if your mom was driving the car... It was four millimeters. What would you do? He goes, well, I'd probably wait till three. I said, okay, great. Call me back at three. You know, I mean, God bless them. They're wanting to make the sale, but the bottom line is they need to figure out how to make it more believable and more understandable because car people have been hoodwinking customers for a hundred years. So the service department has got to be no exception. I've given them some advice and, you know, maybe some of them have taken it. I said, When you're online in the morning to get your car serviced, you're choking on somebody else's exhaust. Why don't you give me a cup of coffee and some donut holes? (laughs) And why don't you advertise that it's the best coffee in the city, free cups for anybody that wants to come in. So now everybody gets a free cup of coffee. How much do you think they spend on an ad to get somebody to walk across the threshold when for a dime they could give somebody a cup of coffee? People don't think outside of their own zone.
2: This is the creativity I'm t- talking about Great. that creates results, like you, how you got to think from that perspective. I heard somebody say that, I guess Warren Buffett said that whenever you're dealing with people you work with or you hire or anything like that, you want to look for the three eyes. The first eye is integrity, the second one is intelligence, so you can solve problems, and the last one is initiative. I will tell you, the thing that I find that is mostly missing when I'm looking to hire people is the last one, initiative. A lot of smart people. Those three smart things people? Again. Hold on. Let's go through those three things again. Give me the okay. first one. Integrity. Second. Intelligence. Third.
0: Initiative. Where's imagination? That's the fourth eye. <laughs> where's, where's ideas? And there's the fifth eye. I don't want to be motivated, I want to be inspired. So when you come to Charlotte, let's do those two things on the platform together. Okay. You came up with three things, I added two things, between now and then I'll get another, I'll get a third one. But the bottom line is, when you combine things, and I'm gonna tell you that in this book is a creative model called SCAMPER, and SCAMPER, that's an acronym, each letter stands for something, And the C is, what can I combine? And we just combined intellectual thought to come up with a better than Warren Buffett statement.
1: If you worry about your investments, need to make complex financial decisions, or pay unnecessary taxes, a lack of proper financial planning and investing may already be costing you a great deal. When you are ready to turn your piece of wealth into peace of mind, go to wealthnetinvest.com and click on the schedule a call button to talk to us and get a free consultation today.
2: Let's talk a little bit about Charlotte. The reason why I think Charlotte is such a big deal, well, first of all, anything that you do is a big deal, but this is the first live event I think you've done, other than maybe a few little seminars and stuff, where you put on an event, right, since this whole pandemic, is it? Yeah. And this is happening in March... Tell me a little bit about what's, what's, yeah. what's your, it's called
0: Gaining Sales Mastery live event, correct? 21, 22, 23 of March in Charlotte, uptown at the Mint Museum. It's a beautiful hall. We will be serving Death Wish coffee, but there's plenty of restaurants. There's plenty of hotels. They're all offering discounted rates. You pay for a ticket and you show up. Now, there's bonuses. You can come on Sunday, the 20th, and there's a very affordable private day in my home where 10 or 12 people will gather and in the library and talk about life. There's a dinner, and by the way, one of the people at that private day will be Wyatt Woodsmall, the guy who taught Anthony Robbins NLP, and you'll have a chance to interact with him on a regular basis. You'll be in my library, which you're not looking at it right now, but you know I have a library with 11,000 books, so it's not like there won't be anything to read. But you'll experience an intimate surrounding and challenged to be more successful. Not a better salesperson, rather a better person, a better communicator, a better spouse, a better dad or mom, and put yourself in a position where you emerge as a winner, not a watcher, not a whiner. There's also gonna be a dinner, and at the dinner will be probably Steve Rizzo, the attitude guy. Wyatt Woodsmall, of course, will be there the entire four days. And Nikita Koloff, my buddy, the Russian nightmare wrestler, who is now a minister and will talk about the power of prayer and why it's accurate, how it works. And I've experienced it from Nikita's hands personally. He lives here pre-pandemic. He was here a week, a month for years. He was our house guest because he lives about 20 miles away, but he's a cheap bastard and he rents his house out Airbnb. So when he comes to Charlotte, when he's not traveling around the world, he stays with us. He's literally grown up with Gabrielle. Their rooms are next to one another. And it's a classic to see this gentle giant of a human being who was the most hated wrestler of all time and is now this wonderful man of God. And we get to talk about it. You know, I'm Old Testament. He's New Testament. And we meet in the middle somewhere over a chicken dinner.
2: (laughs) That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's what we need to do.
0: Yeah, what's my?
2: Actually, I picked up this book. Oh, cool. Him, and I read it, People, Pattern, Power. And yeah, there's a lot of great stuff in there. He's like one of these sage kind of guys, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, you better be quiet and just listen when he's talking. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And he talks slow, so you have to. Yeah. But I'm going to just say this. We're rewriting that book. Oh. It's going to be called The Science of Idiots. Where he goes through and he names all these archetypes of people and defines them so you can discover which idiot you are. and <laughs> maybe which idiot you're attracted to and which idiot you befriend. But everyone has that idiocy to them. Oh, for sure. And you need to un unidiot yourself. <laughs> it's hard to do, man. It is hard to do. At
2: least recognize it. Yeah. In Charlotte, I think one of the things that we're going to see is just the camaraderie. Like, when you start putting these minds together, you just don't know what you're going to get. You can have this outline that shows, you know, this person speaking to that person. But really, it's more about, like, people in the room. And I've been watching the different people. You're going to get some magic that's going to happen there. So that's really the greatness of live events. We've kind of lost that in the Zoom. And this is why I think this is big. We're now getting back into the game again. And in the game of pressing palms and talking to people eye to eye, this is great. We need this right now.
0: And you're gonna be in a room with people that are making 50,000 or 500,000 or 5 million a year. And they're all gonna be the same on fire. And you'll be able to hear and listen to them and how they intend to grow. And there's gonna be all kinds of breakout sessions where I'm gonna challenge people to come up with ideas and I challenge people to understand what mindset really is and how to capture yours so that you're fully focused in the morning and fully concentrated in the morning to be your best. You have to dedicate yourself to best because in sales, second best is first loser. There's no ribbon, there's no silver medal. You're just, you have fucking lost, period. The challenge that every one of us faces is, how do I win every time? Not easy. Wow, if I could win every time in my business, I would own the world. (laughs) And Louis, here's the key. You're smart enough to do that. You're smart enough to win more. I don't know many people smarter than you are. Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. Please do. And you're diverse. You love music. You're a dad. You're a spouse. You study. You interpersonal relationships with people that totally love you. You're a writer you're a thinker. I mean, come on, you have the skill set. Now it's just a matter of you're sitting under the cow, milk it. Yeah.
2: I'm definitely a Renaissance kind of a guy, music and and science and all that stuff. Of course. But I want to tell you one thing. I I don't think I've ever told you this, this little book, this little tiny little book that you wrote, Getting (laughs) Shit Done. Yeah. So everybody should pick this book up, by the way. And I've read a lot of productivity books. But what's cool about this is you could literally go through this and just read the quotes, and walk away with more than you're going to get by reading ninety percent of the productivity books. Get the book. I would tell everybody.
0: Thank you. Some guy wrote "Get Things Done," twenty years ago. It's in his thirty-something printing. David Allen. It's almost unreadable. It's almost yeah. It's almost unreadable. Yeah. Because there's no fun to it. It's just the guy must be a CPA or something. <laughs> It's hard Um, to implement. I've tried. (laughs) Yeah, because it's inconsistent in its message. It skips from one thing to another. Get Shit Done is an easy to follow, easy to read, funny, insightful, and it's full of things that will make you think about life. And I chose Orison Sweat Martin. It's so interesting. I got the book right here. I chose this book, He Can Who Thinks He Can, by Orison Sweat Martin, and... As a historian, a book on John Patterson, the founder of NCR and the father of American salesmanship, and when I was in Dayton doing research for the book, the only book I've ever researched, by the way, um, just so we're clear as an audience, a guy calls me and says, I see you're in Dayton. I have some books from John Patterson's library. Would you like them? I said, yeah, like from his actual library. Wow. Okay. You'll see him when you come to the library, for those of you... You know, I mean, you'll be able to see John Patterson's owned books that he signed to connote ownership. Wow. Okay. So I get this book and get shit done are all the quotes that John Patterson actually underlined in the book. (laughs) It's totally cool. I mean, there's a whole, this book belongs in the Smithsonian Institute, not in my collection. You have a lot of books like that. I mean yeah, a lot at
2: first. You know, I was like I was I was like all proud of some semi-rare book that I got from Dr. Seuss. And you're like, oh yeah, I got the first edition of blah blah blah. And I was yeah. like, okay, I'm never gonna bring up some cool book that I have because chances are you probably have that book or something else cooler.
0: Listen to this one quote. One trouble with people who are smarting under the consciousness of deficit education is that they do not realize the immense value of utilizing spare minutes. Like what can you do in that three minutes that you have where you're sitting waiting for something else to happen? Or you're even you're waiting for the elevator to, to come up to your floor. What can you do with that spare 30 seconds? What can you do with that spare minute? And can you turn it into something either educational or productive? Oh, that is a big, big
2: deal. Somebody calls that micro, I've heard it called micro bursts or something like that. And I, I've actually had more deals done on microbursts or little oh, yeah. tiny things than anything else. It's like all of a sudden something flashes in your brain and you could say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Or you literally get up you have this lovely little iPhone and a text and it turns into either money or into a great idea. Or you're able to help somebody that you didn't think you were able to help in a way that was you didn't think possible. Those little microseconds are so valuable. Uh, what you fit in between the big stuff. Yeah. You put the big stuff in, like today I have three big things. I try to have three big things every day and then everything else is, I just try to fill it (laughs) with things and most of the value is created in those little tiny
0: things that you do. It's really brilliant. Let me throw one other Martin quoted you from this book because he was a thinker and a writer. One of the greatest thinkers in the history of mankind, his 40 something books were just unbelievable. In this book also, and underlined by Patterson, is every child should be taught to expect success. Now think about that. Oh, no. What are they teaching our children in school right now that has anything to do with success? And the answer is two words, <laughs> jack shit. <laughs> he, absolutely. And so this year I made a photocopy of this page and I gave it to Gabrielle to give to every one of her teachers. <laughs> That'll be an eye opener. Yeah, that, especially when they're teaching bullshit. Yeah, we can go down a huge rabbit
2: hole. That's an entire yeah, want, a, another episode that we don't want to do. But we I want. agree with you on that one. So now, in Charlotte, though, you're going to be speaking. So come to see you speak. Tell me a little bit more about the conference in terms of what do you think somebody's going to walk away with? There's two
0: things that will happen. There will be outcomes, and there will be transformations. Like you're going to hear. Steve Rizzo talk about becoming a humor being, and you're going to realize you're not that funny, and people are attracted to funny, and what can you do to wake up in the morning and be happier, bouncier, and I'm going to give you some of those answers, because I learned them myself growing up in New Jersey, where people eat their young. So you have to look at this from the perspective of, okay, I got to be happier, I got to be better. You're going to listen to Wyatt Woodsmall talk about life and the kinds of communication you have to make in order to become more attractive. What can you do with that? You're gonna to listen to the great Jen Gittimer talk about developing a mindset and putting yourself in a positive position on an everyday basis, and it's who do you wake up with? Jen wakes up with me and two dogs, and we fight for who loves the other person the most, <laughs> but the bottom line is the dogs control the home. When they jump up on your bed in the morning, And they sit on your chest. It's like, it's an honor. If you have a dog, you know exactly what I'm talking
2: about. We didn't talk about Jen very much, but I'll tell you, she's got some brilliant ideas. Oh, yeah. Jeffrey helped me in a big way with writing my last book and got a lot of ideas. But there was times when we were talking through ideas and Jennifer would just spout out of nowhere some one line. And then you go, okay, that was a writer. You write that one down so
0: for sure so you guys are a good team for sure oh yeah and the people that will be there when nikita talks to you about spirituality but i hear that louis janus is going to be there talking about money I will and be. how to not just how to make money because that's the easy part yes keeping money that's the hard part investing money that's the hard part i just wrote an outline for that this morning.
2: And the thing is, is that is the hardest part. You're absolutely right, keeping the money and making it not be destroyed by taxes and inflation. It's all behavioral. It's an 80-20 thing. 80% is behavioral, 20% is knowledge. A lot of people know what to do, they just don't do it. I think you have something like that in one of your books. I think. Yeah, you already know what to
0: do. You're just not doing it. It's a book I'm writing right now. Actually, I'm gonna be combining it. I talked to my publisher, John Wiley, about actually helping me promote a book, because in today's marketplace, it doesn't happen a lot, but I'm adding the things that I was going to write, and you already know what to do, you're just not doing it, into Get Shit Done, adding about 30 pages to the book, it will come out in paperback, so people will be able to afford it more, it'll sell for 20 bucks, but the bottom line is it's going to sell like hell, and I think that the addition of that, it'll probably come out before Christmas. But the situation is, what are you doing that you could make more powerful if you simply applied more effort? And the effort has to be not just concentrated, but focused. One of the secrets that I rarely talk to people about, I cold called in New York City for three years. And I don't know if you've ever cold called in New York City, but fuck you, a greeting and everybody wants a bribe. Okay. Yeah, it was but, rough. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't actually cold call I targeted my calls. I knew who I wanted to talk to. I would make a trip to New York City just to make that call. Yep, I would make a few others. But I knew I had one call to make, and that was it. And if I didn't know the guy, I'd find out somebody who did know him and make an appointment with him. Or sometimes I'd just bang on the door with an idea. I knew how to make a cold call by engaging, not just asking, who's the person in charge of promotion? Like, bullshit. So stupid that salespeople actually do that.
2: The idea thing is incredible. I mean, because everybody gets a phone call and everybody has the same spiel, somebody selling something. But if you walk in the door and say, look, I've got five minutes, I can tell you this idea. I really think it's gonna help you and here's why. They're gonna take your call. I'll take that call.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm calling with an idea and I wanna to talk to the person who's interested in ideas that turn into money. Yeah, uh, okay, it's me. That goes back to the providing value first.
2: Exactly. Well, Jeffrey, I'm glad that you came on and I know my audience is going to love this stuff because a lot of them are in the business of making things happen. And I think what you have to share, your wisdom, they'll enjoy it and they'll get a Thanks. lot out of it.
0: And hopefully some will go to the conference too. Winners, watchers, and whiners are three of the people. There's three other types of people. People who make things happen, people who watch things happen, and people who don't know what's happening. And those categories are as accurate as you can make them, Louis. You and I are people who make things happen. For sure. There's a lot of people that are watching it and also don't know what's happening at the same time. They're waiting. They're waiting for something. They're waiting for somebody to knock on their door and saying, you've won the lottery. I just had a phone call before I talked to you with
2: a client who's actually in the security business and he knows a lot about what's really going on in the government and in the security world with all this Ukraine thing. There's a lot of things that we don't know that oh, yeah. are going on. <laughs> but there's also a lot of things that are obvious, right? That we just don't see because we're not really paying attention. So but yeah, for sure.
0: There's definitely- pay attention to the truckers because if they decide that they don't want to truck anymore, we are not gonna run out of toilet paper, it'll be in a warehouse someplace. Yeah, that, that's there'll a real be plenty problem. of it. That's a real problem. Yeah, for sure. My cup this morning says that's what I do. I read and learn things. And once you become a student, once you decide that you're going to be a student, I didn't become a student until I dropped out of college. And I realized I didn't know enough to be able to make my way in the world. I would I studied their bullshit. Once people realize that most of college is bullshit, they're gonna find a different way to get an education. And most of it will be online. You know what, you are so right about
2: this. One of my problems, Jeffrey, that I've turned into an asset is that I've got a lot of education. And I do realize mm-hmm. a lot of it is BS. I've got a oh, CFA, yeah. I've got all these things, right? And they were hard to get, right? You can and play, any trivial pursuit in jeopardy with the best of them. Yeah, but like 10% of it was worth something. But I think the University of YouTube, if you know what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah.
0: You can I, I find can. anything. You can find anything. And if it's not on YouTube, guess where it's going to appear now? TikTok. TikTok. I haven't thought about it. Oh, it's unbelievable what you can find on there, including guitar players.
2: Now that you've turned me on to. Incredible guitar players. there's some women out there that can shred like oh you would not God. believe Oh my God, where did these people come from? <laughs> yeah, there's a zillion of them out there. And some of them are just they blow and you away. It's
0: older than these people. And,
2: <laughs> and yeah, I know. Some of them they look like they're like maybe 14 or 15 years old and they're they're playing like you would not believe.
0: But there's still you have to admire the classics in order to understand the present. So when you see a YouTube video on performing the song My Back Pages which everyone thinks was done by Roger McGuinn and the birds. It was actually written by Bob Dylan, who's in that. So it's Bob Dylan, Roger McGuinn, Tom Petty, Neil Young, Jeff Lynne, and some other. Oh, and George Harrison. I almost forgot him. And when you watch these people perform this song, you realize the depth of what they studied to be able to be where they are. They all studied Dylan from the 60s. Yeah, and Adele is still singing his songs. Yeah. Rick Beato. He
2: oh my points God. out so many amazing things oh. with that. That goes back to the same concept of you with your books. Because like you're going back to the classic. You're going back way back. Like this book was written 100 years ago. Right. But yet it's still relevant today. That's the concept of there are some things that change and there's a lot. Of, some are just fads and some things are always, always
0: valuable. And finding those principles right. The facts are the facts and you can't dispute them. When I say people don't like to be sold, but they love to buy, which I trademarked because no one else had trademarked it. That's the truth. You don't say, honey, let's go get sold a car. You say, honey, let's go buy a car and let's go get sold a house, honey. We have this extra 500,000 hanging around. Let's go get sold something. No, you're looking for the home of your dreams. And the idiot, the idiot, who's trying to convey that property is asking about your wallet, not about your desires. Or they're talking about themselves.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, how good, how great they are. Right. I got a phone call like two weeks ago as a recommendation for a vendor that if he had gotten the business with my company would have made a good amount of money. And I was in Texas at the time and I was driving listening to him, and I was like waiting to get this call scheduled it in my schedule. I'm a busy guy like you to schedule things. Anyhow, so he gets on this call and he proceeded for 20 minutes talking about how great he was. And I was just listening. And while I was driving, as soon as he stopped to ask me something, and I said, I don't think it's gonna work out, didn't even <laughs> bother to hear his message. Because if you're gonna spend all that time, you didn't ask anything about me for 20 minutes you're done you know it's like anyway i thought of you after that call because i just like totally just didn't even give the guy a chance and he was probably totally competent but
0: (laughs) you don't give people chances that don't earn their chances yeah for sure you have to you don't give people chances they earn their chance like i'm going to give this guy a shot or i'm not going to give this guy a shot one of those two things and there's no middle i'll wait and see yeah for sure all right, Jeffrey, well, I really appreciate you coming on
2: and we'll put in the show notes. Where would you like me to send people to learn about the conference? You just go to It's Turn on the front page. G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. Excellent. We'll put the link to also to the conference. Go to Amazon and check out Jeffrey's books. And if I was going to say one book to get, uh, gosh, it's hard to, it's hard to say. I would have to say The Little Green Book of Getting Your Way. If you're in the business of persuasion, which all of us are, and then if you want to be
0: productive, this getting shit done. Jeffrey, thank you so much. I had fun writing that book, Lewis. It was the most fun book I wrote. So we'll see you in Charlotte. Thanks for this friendship. Absolutely.
1: the latest episode of the Market Call Show, make sure to like, subscribe, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Go to marketcallshow.com for all our past episodes and sign up to get alerts for new episodes. If you enjoy the content of this episode, please leave us a five-star review and comments. The information in this podcast is informational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision. WealthNet Investments is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where WealthNet Investments and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure.